Jackson gave me the news of a planet far away. And Colonel O'Neill will assemble a team that will try to save the day. Dr. Sam has a master plan and a science attitude. And the Jaffa Teal is part of the deal with his trusty Goa'uld. It's just a regular day at Sargate Command and it might be hard to understand. Welcome, everyone, to the premiere episode of Three Fries Short. We are unearthing the Stargate. We are so excited to finally start recording. We've been working on this for a while, and we are finally here. Um, Our first episode is going to kind of be an introductory episode to ourselves and the Stargate franchise as a whole. So we're going to go over our personal stories with the show and how we all came together as well, and like an overview of the show again in general uh so if someone's not familiar with it they can get a general idea of what to expect Uh, so a little introduction to the introduction just so that you guys know like who the heck am i listening to like who are these voices who are you right um so my name is sarah and i just enjoy watching television and movies and similar content like that in general like youtube video essays and analysis and i think media like this is extremely important uh, form of artwork and storytelling and I think it can impact us as an individual and who we become as people and it can also have an impact on us as a society and a culture and that's kind of what I really want to get into when it comes to Stargate is talking about that impact um, stories like this can have on us as again people and a culture in general. So with that little intro being said I think I'll kick it off to Christina. All right. So, all right. I'm Christina and I am super excited to be a part of this podcast with Sarah and Rebecca. This is something that kind of organically grew from just a mutual love for the franchise. Um, And a little backstory on me. I grew up in a super Star Trek based family. And when the movie came out, I remember watching it and my dad just being like, this is blasphemous, but, oh, no. <laughs> but I'm like, but this is super cool. Like I'm all here for it. Like I'm, mm-hmm. because I'm obsessed with ancient Egypt. So I'm one of those, like, get me on ancient Egypt alien theories and I'm all over it. Mm-hmm. So that was that I watched the movie and I let it be. I didn't even know that the like TV shows existed until they were already done and that was the most disappointing part of my life is like, but also exciting because I got to go back and do it all together. So for me, I had gone through some really tough stuff in life. And when I watched the shows for the first time in that same way, it hit on notes in my life that I connected to. And I realized it really told some deeper and bigger stories, but had fun doing it. And that's what made me fell in love with it. So I'm excited to explore those avenues with you guys and just have this fun conversation because I think that's what we're really here for. I mean, come on, we're three fries short. Like, yeah. We're not going to take ourselves too serious, but we are unearthing the gate and we are getting into some topics that 
you know, do speak to us and maybe not to everybody, but maybe we can put a different perspective on it. So that's me and why I'm here. And then we got Rebecca. It's your turn. Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> My name's... Hello. My name's Rebecca. Um, I, uh, I'm a filmmaker and, um, most of my personal creative content, I I say most, but it's probably all is science fiction. Um, (laughs) and I think that's because ever since I discovered the genre, I've just been obsessed with it. Um, so everything that I write is also within the genre. Um, and I've been a bit obsessed with all of it. I also grew up with Star Trek specifically, um, and, uh, but, uh, Stargate was, is definitely has been included in that since it's been on my radar. Um, and I'm looking forward to exploring the deeper aspects. There's a lot of, um, uh, commentary about society, uh, government, all sorts of things to, to talk about. And also I'm really excited about all the lighter comedic aspects of the show, because that's really ultimately what hooked me, um, was and it's kind of one of the selling points I always give to people about Stargate is that it's a show and it and it's sci-fi and it it does a lot of of crazy uh deep important things but also it doesn't take itself too seriously um so yeah that's that's uh why I'm here and that's uh why I love Stargate so well it's like any show that can make fun of itself I think that's I'm here for it yeah for sure short because we're three fries short no. So do you guys want to kind of get started of like how we came together? Because <laughs> for people who don't know, we've never met in person. We live in completely different parts of the country. So like, how oh. on earth did we come together and make this happen? Let's let's yeah. discuss that. So um, let's take a dive into that. Short Great. story. <laughs> short story. Uh, we met on TikTok. Amazingly TikTok. enough. Good dog. So like my whole backstory is, uh, let me just kind of go off on a tangent here about like my, my TikTok backstory. Do it. Let me set the stage. The year is 2020. <laughs> it's a shit show. Everything is terrible. And I'm thinking, I guess I'll download this stupid clock app and see like what all the hullabaloo is about. <laughs> and at first I just started like watching content. Like I had no plans on ever making anything because I'm like I hate the sound of my own voice like I'm not uh, it's not my thing and it just kind of naturally evolved to like I have a random funny funny thought like let me talk about this and for the longest time I don't know if anyone remembers but I only use like the floating eyeball and mouth filter oh I remember hello because yeah so that was the only thing I ever used for like the longest time and what got me onto like the Stargate side of TikTok was I made a random video one day about my Stargate necklace that I have. And I was some like joking about how like this is my favorite necklace because from far away it just looks like some pretentious like geometric mm-hmm. minis- minimalist like circle necklace, but it's a Stargate. And mm-hmm. for me, like that video blew up. Like I probably didn't have like a hundred followers at that point. And again for me like this might be small potatoes to some people but it got like 30,000 views so I was like one okay this content gets engagement Mm -hmm. like and that's what you want like you want your videos to do good you want interaction from people so that was my first thought and my second thought was like holy shit people still like Stargate because all the comments were like oh my gosh I miss Stargate oh my gosh where did you get that like I love Stargate so that kind of got me like down the rabbit hole Mm -hmm. of the Stargate TikTok and I started making more Stargate ones 
Um, and that eventually like led into my rewatch because at that point it was on Hulu. So I'm like, let's do it. Like, let's do a Stargate rewatch. And I specifically remember when I met or found Christina, I was trolling like the Stargate tag and uh. I found, I, I remember the specific video. It was like, you had the theme song playing and the <laughs> caption was like, if you know this theme song, let's be friends. And I was like, hell yeah. I remember that Immediate video. follow. I, I think everyone knows that video. Yeah. So it was like, hell yeah, immediate follow. And then I commented like, oh my gosh, I'm doing a rewatch right now. And then I think that led you to my page. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I remember is that you duetted that one that I made where it was like, I'm just a 29-year-old lady waiting from the Stargate nightlight to get shipped to my house. And that was the first time anyone had ever duetted any of mine. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Oh, so, my God. And it's been all downhill ever since, a beautiful Stargate <laughs> friendship. Um, but that that's kind of, like, how I came to TikTok and how I found, like, the Stargate community. Um, I'm sorry, I don't specifically remember... Uh, when I found Rebecca, I'm so sorry. Like I don't remember. There's uh, so many. Like Dave I mean, Dixon I, I think and... I think Dave Dixon, Colonel yep. Dave Dixon, just yeah. tagged all of you on like a, f a couple of my first videos that I ever put up. So. Yeah. So like you know, you got Dave Dixon, Wraith Bait. Like there's so many uh, cool Stargate content creators, and again, it just reinforced that thought of like, wow, like people are still into this. Like it's not a dead fandom kind of like I initially thought and mm -mm. it was always a show that I came back to and it was like the perfect time for me to come back to it because again it was like 2020 so girl that, that kind of set the stage for you. me feel you okay so I'm gonna set a similar stage so I'm gonna take your stage and I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand on it with you because it was also a very a very COVID 20s 20 mm -hmm. um and Oh gosh. Okay. So here's, here's what I do. So I was like work, 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 crazy, crazy. COVID happens and I work in retail and everything went, we don't know what's happening. So we shut down and I literally went into the, one of the weirdest depressions I've ever had because I did not understand my purpose. Yeah. And that's so strange, but I'm so into my work and that cycle and routine that it really uprooted me. And I had nothing like was going through like my separation was like trying to be a single mom was trying to like make ends meet. And then all of a sudden I have no work to go to. So I started tapping into like creative sides of myself, like painting again, drawing again. And I really got off of social media because it was really driving me insane. Just looking at everybody else who, again, we all judge, seem to have it all together. So fast forward a few months and my stores allow us to come in and like essentially act as like fulfillment centers for product being ordered online. I'm like, cool, I'll go in and help with that and be part of the team to do it. Well, I go in and every day, everyone's doing some sort of different TikTok dance. And I'm like, what is this? What are you guys doing? Like, what, what are we doing here with our, like, all these people I'm used to seeing in, like, business suits and professional are, we're all in sweats and goofing off and doing, they're all doing TikTok. And I'm easily 10 years older than everybody there. It's just how it is. And I'm like, oh, gosh, what is this app? So I download it to be like, whatever, guys, like, I'm going to follow you and just make fun of you. Right. And like, whatever, you just need to, like, be yourself. I'm like, no, 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 I'm never going to do a TikTok. 
So my first ones, I'm so embarrassed. I've deleted them off of my page because I don't want anyone to ever go back and find them because my very first one was me using like a Trump voiceover. No. An orange head, like an orange like filter, the orange filter with the eyes. Yeah. It did something really stupid and I thought nobody would find it. And it just kind of sat there and it was interesting is it like turned into like a virtual like performance art for me. I just worked out everything that I was trying to do with my drawing, my paintings, and I started doing it on TikTok because again, nobody expected me to be there. I didn't do any of my other social media. Well, I made a post one day trying to like trick the algorithm. I was trying to figure it out and be stupid because we made a joke at work about like who could get the most from the algorithm. So I was like, hmm, I'm going to post a video and I'm going to just say like, let's be friends if you like and I, I think I did like comment like a certain emoji if you like Star Trek, one if you like Stargate. And I just listed four things and it didn't go viral, but it started a communication thread where people were like, wait, Stargate? Kind of mm-hmm. like that. And I was like, wait, what? That? And I was like, oh, people know what that is? Okay. So I started doing stuff about it. And then the algorithm started like pushing my videos more and more. So my stupidity, I started to be like, hmm, maybe I do this with Lord of the Rings too. We're sidetracking and I'm taking a little detour. <laughs> and the algorithm was like, no, you're not. Oh, no. It's nope. like, you're not. Nope. You're not allowed to talk about Lord of the Rings. You're not allowed to talk about anything else. This so was not part I, of the arrangement. No, it's not. So I was like, okay, back to Stargate. Right. And it was interesting. So then I found the audio and I posted it and that's when it blew up so I just put the Stargate theme and I was like fine and it was a joke like kind of like an F you to the algorithm because I was like fine is this what you want here let me put the theme song and see who finds it and the joke was on me because then everybody found it <laughs> and, and from there uh, I think I'm literally like tw- 250 followers away from 20,000 right now so I'm hell yeah excited. and that's like not a lot for a lot of people and that's a lot for some others and it's all been because of me just giving in to just my love of Stargate. And we just started talking and having dialogue. And I really didn't get into the cosplay or doing voiceovers. It was more just content talking. And Sarah was doing her rewatch and I was just having opinions and with people (laughs) about their opinions. And yeah, and it was Colonel, um, Colonel, Colonel Dave Dixon that, yeah, he tagged, he's awesome by the way, just tagged everybody to kind of get us together. And Mm -hmm. I have to thank him for that because Rebecca, that's how I found you um some of your carter videos and then that just that hooked me and then they set up the discord and then from there we all got together and again like it's all back to dave dixon because (laughs) he was the one that pushed he just made like a i don't know what they're called like a sub thread called stargate podcast and he was like all right sarah and christina (laughs) yeah we're like i'm ready for you guys to blow this away (laughs) okay it's your turn it's your turn girl it's my turn okay so i downloaded TikTok probably at the end of 2019 as um, a way to like make me feel like I was watching Vines again. Um, Okay. Oh, yes. uh, I work in EMS, so we don't often have like big chunks of time where we can take breaks. So short videos were like perfect for like sitting in the truck and just waiting for a call. Um, (laughs) And so I existed through all of 2020 working on the truck and watching TikToks. Um, and then, uh, at the very end of 2020, after my first vaccine shot, I got COVID. Um, so I Mm -hmm. had the shot 
and then four days later tested positive for covid no i didn't know that oh no <laughs> yes. oh no it's like really i worked all year and uh now is when i get it um wow so for two and a half weeks i was stuck in my basement and could not be around anybody um and I think I watched, rewatched the entirety of SG-1 during that two and a half weeks because <laughs> the brain fog is real. Um, and I would like, I, I've just finished, I had just finished shooting a feature film and I was like, oh, okay, well, at least I can sit down at my computer and edit. No, no. The brain fog would not let me do anything. I couldn't even watch like new content. Mm -hmm. I was just like, I have to watch things I've already seen. So yeah. It was all Stargate for two and a half weeks. Yeah. So I became completely re-obsessed with Stargate. As um, one does. <laughs> as one does. And just like one day while I'm sitting on the couch being miserable, I pulled up TikTok and I was like, you know what? Like, I've never searched for Stargate on TikTok. <laughs> and I just started searching. And uh, I think, again, Colonel Dave uh, was some of the first videos I found. And then I just started following more and more people and then when i started feeling better i was like well i've got this like blue shirt with the with the um sgc stuff on it maybe i can just make some simple cosplay videos um and now i have since ordered a lot more <laughs> costume <laughs> stuff because i've really gotten into doing the carter videos um yeah you were i love your carter videos you have yeah, her audio like on lock it's so good <laughs> I don't do the, um, I'm, I'm bound and determined because I'm a perfectionist. I refuse to do the like um, half speed and then back to regular speed thing that people do to sync their oh, lips. I can't do that. I can't yeah, do that. So I can tell, like, yeah. I'm like, nope, we're just gonna, we're gonna get this, this timing down and we're just gonna do it. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, so yeah. I started making those and I think I shared them. I don't even know if I shared them. I think they were found by Colonel Dave and uh, he just mm -hmm. tagged all Hyped of you. you up, yeah. And I immediately <laughs> followed everyone. Um, yeah. And uh, that's uh, so Stargate and TikTok and Stargate TikTok got me through uh, COVID. So that's that's Aww. my story. <laughs> that's a beautiful story. Right. That's awesome. Sounds like Dave needs a lot more credit than he's getting right now for bringing all of us together. He, he does. We're just going to have to. This this episode is dedicated to, to Colonel Dave. <laughs> it, it, yes. it is. It is for sure. I am so appreciative of him because his positive vibe is always like so. Oh, it's contagious. Like, and it's always right. good. Like, I love what he's doing and he puts a unique spin on it and he's really gotten himself into it. And I don't know if you guys watched his most recent TikTok that he uploaded, um, but talking about why he originally got into yeah, it. Yeah. I just saw that one. Yeah, which might be cool for him at some point to then like talk about. But I was really inspired about how he even joined in the first place and grew in yeah. his character and feeling comfortable doing his cosplays. So awesome. I love that community on there um, that we have because I think we all are coming from different backgrounds and it's all this like unlayering of like slowly getting comfortable. And then like we all just hype each other up and they're like, yes, you got this. You got this. Yeah. It. And then we just go for it. And it's a place to just be free right like it it, yeah. it really is and it's a, a really positive fandom i think compared to others and i'm not gonna say any names but <laughs> fill in the blanks here like <laughs> i haven't had any really terrible interactions mm -hmm. or like bad comments or anything like that maybe like people with different opinions but that's fine like like people who don't ship sam and jack i'm like okay well 
You can have fun over there and not shipping them. Yeah. I'm going to continue to go hardcore. I don't understand hardcore. those people, but they're allowed to have their opinions. Exactly. Yeah, so, fun. like, it's cool, but, yeah, do you, you think, know. But, you know, it's whatever. Chevron 1 encoded. So let's talk about, like, I guess our history with the show and, like, how we came to watch it and, like, our personal backstory with Finding Stargate because everyone is different. So, mm, um, true. for me, I guess I'll just, like, kick it off um, and – if I'm being rude or anything, right? Like I'll go first. Um, just let me know. It's, it's all We're on a rotation. We're good. <laughs> so <laughs> as a kid, my dad always watched science fiction shows, movies, science fiction stuff. Um, and you know, when he was home, he was always in charge of the remote. So we would watch TV shows like Star Trek, the next generation, the X files, and obviously Stargate. So, my very first memory I think of it was when we finally got dish network. So like back when like satellite dish was the height, like it wasn't (laughs) shitty anymore. Like it was prime, like get satellite dish. It's awesome. And I don't, I can't remember if it was actually still on showtime when he found it, but I guess he was like flipping through like, Oh wow. All the channels. And he came across, I, I want to say it was the pilot episode because I remember them in their desert camo in the temple in Abydos looking at the cartouche and he was like what's this is this a show now because he was already familiar with the movie so that was like kind of my first memory of Stargate as the tv series um and then when it got onto sci-fi that's when it really kicked off like it's on the sci-fi channel it's not on that prime showtime channel anymore so I remember when it aired like uh Season eight, I was in eighth grade, and I, I oh, never. Oh, you're such a baby! Oh my god, I was so about yeah. to say that too. Oh no! So yeah, <laughs> I was I was born in '91 for context. No. So, um, <laughs> I remember like being in eighth grade, just like waiting. I'm like, the new episode is out this week. Like, I can't wait! I can't wait! And I specifically remember the episode threads. I was like, mm. such a little gremlin like looking up spoilers on the internet because i have zero self-control because i'm like i wanted to know who died um (laughs) but yeah like that so and it's always a show that i go back to so i'll go in waves like i feel like i have um different waves of obsession Mm -hmm. so like for a while i had an x-files kick where like i bought the whole series on dvd and i'm just like it's x-files time And then, like, I got into Supernatural, like, when I finally broke down and got a Netflix account and, like, there were seven seasons on there. I feel like I want to get invested in shows that there's, like, big chunks of, you know, I don't want to watch one season and then have to wait around for more to be made. Like, I want to go in to, like, a solid five-season series. So don't ever watch Firefly. You'll be disappointed. Yeah, I've I've avoided it for that specific reason. (laughs) So... I'll go through phases of obsession where it's like, I'm really into the X-Files or I'm really into um, Supernatural. And I find like Stargate's one, like I always go back to, it's like a comfort show. It's like, I haven't watched Stargate in a while. Like let's pop in uh, an episode when we had it on DVD, like let's watch Ergo again. That's a fun time. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like my backstory with the show. I remember, so again, eighth grade, I remember this specific class project. So we were writing a letter to our future self where when we graduated high school, we would go back and pick up the letter and read what our little eighth grade selves 
would tell us. And I remember putting down in there, my favorite TV show is Stargate SG-1. And the teacher had to proofread them for obvious reasons. Like they want to make sure that nothing like bad or, you know, fill in the blanks. And she was reading mine and she was like, oh my gosh, you love Stargate. My favorite show is Atlantis. And I was like, mind blown I was like wow more people like Stargate but like she didn't read it out loud just you know because thank god because I'm like I don't want like I was not popular in high school by any means and I didn't need more of a reason for people to make fun of me or whatever so that's kind of my personal backstory with the show it's just kind of always been a staple you know science fiction show in my life and now I get to talk about it with you lovely people. Yay. Yo, my story is not so PG. Um, no. I, I, so what I love, okay, so I am an 84 baby. So what I'm loving is that you were way younger in your life when you experienced the show. So you still experienced the show way before I did. And I think that's mm-hmm. kind of interesting because for me, So I love the movie. I've already touched on that. I was obsessed with it and I just kind of like let it go. I went off to college and the show, so I was what, high school and then, so 97 to what, 2007? Okay, so high school, college. And in 2004 or five, I decided to um, move to Florida because my parents moved to Florida and live at the beach. And I decided I wanted to just have some fun And I was kind of, you know, you could find me at the bars and find me out and about. And that was just my life. And I have a thing for musicians and nerds. So those two things together, there was this one guy who always played like Thursday nights at this like little like hole in the wall. So we started dating and um, our segue would literally be, I'd go to a set, drink, have a good old time. It'd be like two, three in the morning, Taco Bell. And we get there and like, I remember one night he finally, like after a few months, you realize like how like into sci-fi and nerdy, he's like, I got something to show you. And I'm like, oh my God, what is it? He's like, okay. He's like, I remember you said that you liked the Stargate movie. I got, I'm wasted off of my, I mean, oh I my should gosh. out. And he opens up and he's got this cabinet filled with all the DVDs. <gasps> My, I started crying because I was so like drunkenly excited. I was like, what is this? What is this? And so I think we went on a three-day bender of just like drunkenly watching the show. It's amazing. On it. And then that became our thing. Unfortunately, kind of a toxic relationship with just drinking and watching Stargate. But that is how I got into it. And I forever am endeared to that man for letting me know about the shows and that's how it started and oh god um I I wish there was a more like fundamental story to it but we broke up and I had I was so sad I had to go out and I had to buy my own versions of the DVDs I almost stayed with him just so I could keep watching it because it wasn't available to stream anywhere (laughs) so I had to borrow with him so um but then I found out about Atlantis And so I was like, okay, well, I can't afford to do all of like the 10 seasons of that, but let me get into this Atlantis gig. And then I found out about Jason Momoa and then it was all over from there. So I just coping mechanism, getting over my breakup, watched Atlantis and 
from there, then got my girlfriends into it. Cause they were like, you need to get out of the house. Like you are like not doing anything, but watching the show. So they'd come over and sit with me and watch it. They got hooked on it. So then one of my girlfriends, she actually went and started buying the DVD sets for me of SG one. She's like, okay, we're going to do this together. And that's Aww. when, but that's when I realized like the bigger context of it and the things that I fell in love with it. It was my second time through after doing just a dr- drunk and fender of it all the time. When the I sober re- version. The sober version of it was much more insightful. Um, but no, my best friend and I, she sat there and we, like, same like we were doing here, we would talk about it. And she's like, wow, you like, you realize you're talking about like slavery here. Like this is slavery type stuff. This is like women's stuff. And that, that second time through really is what did it for me. So that's my story. And I think as I learned coming from a very conservative upbringing, living in a very tight bubble, um, being from a Southern family and really understanding bigger problems of the world, this show did that for me and helped me understand it. Um, so that's, that's where I'm at with it. We'll talk more about it when we go into each episode. I don't want to spill too much about my thoughts on things, but that's it. Real quick aside about the DVDs. So one Christmas. Um, so I hope my dad never hears this, but like, he's a really (laughs) selfish dude. Like he would only do stuff if it benefited himself. And one Christmas I was like, dad, the only thing I want for Christmas. And at this point there were only seven seasons out on DVD. I was like, I want all seven seasons of Stargate. And I knew he would get it because he wanted it too. And he did. And that's how he got them on DVD. But good. That's how like, yeah, good me. Um, that's me well, uh, manipulating his selfishness step. against him. <laughs> okay, well, you used your own manipulation and selfishness against your dad's selfishness. Exactly. We both won. That's strategy <laughs> right there. So exactly. Right. All right. So cool. Rebecca, let's hear it. Uh, I have a completely different story as well. Um, so I am an 82 baby. And uh, <sighs> so I saw stargate the movie in the movie theater what? Um, my mom took me to see it <laughs> my my both of my parents were never into science fiction like at all so i totally discovered sci-fi because uh like the local fox channel one day was uh showing like um reruns of star trek the next generation as like a marathon oh god and i, I- and I had never seen any of it before and I watched like the entire day like I'm sure my mom was like what what is going on but like I just I just watched all day um but uh yeah no it came out I think well it was 94 so yeah I was 12 she drove me to see the movie and I loved it and I'm pretty sure she hated it um (laughs) but that was it that was like this was a really fun movie and then nothing else happened with it because we definitely didn't have what showtime um Mm -hmm. and I would have been in high school at that point. And then by the time it was on sci-fi, I was in college. So didn't really have TV time or anything. Um, And uh, yeah, and then I had graduated college and lived in New York for a while. So again, we didn't have like any kind of cable television. And then uh, moved back to South Carolina, got my own apartment, got basic cable television and did not discover Stargate first. I discovered Sanctuary. Oh, okay. um, because it was a it was a random show on Sci-Fi, and it I think I caught it from the first episode because they've been advertising it or whatever. And I was like, "What's this? This seems neat," and I'll watch it. And um, so it was Amanda tapping completely that mm. pulled me over. Queen into of my heart, <laughs> Stargate. <laughs> 
because I watched the first season of Sanctuary and I was like, okay, so I know like, I, you know, you do the IMDb thing and you figure out who was on what <laughs> and everything. And I was like, I really like Amanda Tapping. So what else has she been in? And then I was like, wait, that Stargate show that they did after the movie? Because I knew it existed, but I <laughs> never had watched it. Okay, because that was my next question was like, so wait, did you go this whole time from the Stargate movie never knowing the show existed until like, like, no. you, like years later? No, okay. I knew I knew it existed, um, but it was one of those, like it had ended by the time I had access to it probably, um, or at least SG-1 okay. had. So, um, but then, you know, by the time Sanctuary was airing or whatever, it was, I was able to stream it on something, I think. Hmm. not long after that so i don't know if it was a was on netflix and then they took it It was on amazon prime for a bit and then um i think it went to hulu like it kind of makes its rounds between the big three so it's like once one gets the right to it it's you know gonna be expired soon on the other right type of thing it was on one of them by the early 2010s um because i i was totally able to watch it um and -hmm. yeah that's that's uh that's my thing so totally it was a man adapting that got me into stargate <laughs> queen of my heart amazing beautiful yeah she's awesome oh man oh obsessions <laughs> that's so crazy that we all have like wildly different like it's wild crazy. that like i grew up with it and watched it when it aired like my 13 year old ass right yeah. like I'm telling That's... you, it's all my dad. And then, like, you guys, like, it was all done by the time you guys found well, it for the most part. You had part. that super sweet dish network. Like, I didn't... <laughs> I'm telling you, it was prime. She had some like... privilege, okay? Right. <laughs> that, see, that was the thing, though. Like, we we didn't, like, we were not very wealthy, but that was one thing. Like, he always kept, was like, we gotta have the TV. So, like, that's how we spent our quality time together, was, like, we're sitting around watching movies, we're sitting around watching mm-hmm. TV, which now it's like no wonder why I like watching tv and movies so much because that's what Mm -hmm. like some of my best memories as a kid was like watching that kind of stuff so that was one thing that like he always made sure we had was tv because again he was selfish and he wanted it (laughs) so no see I don't I feel like I I put anything sci-fi in it would have had to have been star trek because like nothing else but also so here my situation was so my dad traveled for work all the time and that's just what he did so he was only home I don't mean to say only home it's but he was home Saturdays and Sundays so the time of that even occurring was what one day a week at most and then during the week I mean gosh I started I was a workaholic this will be a common theme in my life um and so I really would go school work and then my little bit of time for TV was with my dad, but yeah, like it's just, it was Star Trek. There was nothing mm-hmm. else. So um, I didn't know the show existed. At least Rebecca, you knew the show existed. I didn't <laughs> know it existed. And then a little eighth grader, you was just like, <laughs> watching it. I'm looking up spoilers on some weird trashy forum. I'm like, I want to know what happens. I'm like, like my little gremlin ass, like could not contain myself. I'm like, I want to know. I think so. the, the only sci-fi shows that I actually got back in the day to watch as they were airing, because Next Generation was a little little earlier than me, mm-hmm. um, was uh, I watched Star Trek Voyager as it was airing, mm-hmm. and I watched The X-Files as it was airing. Oh, so both of yeah. those were like my jam, like every week, definitely had to watch, so. 
So funny, like little X-Files aside, this just shows you like my little nerd ass. Like I was probably, I don't remember, like the, the dates might be off, but I I vividly remember like being out trick-or-treating and thinking like, I want to go home and watch that X-Files episode and see what happened to Scully's baby. Like, yeah, girl. That was, yeah, that was me as a kid. So vividly oh, remember God. things like that. And here I am today. Oh, I wish I had that confidence. I think I tried to hurt, heard. I tried to hurt. I tried to hide my nerd dumb, even though, okay, I was in the orchestra and I, um, was in the math club, but I just don't think I could add in the other layer of being a sci-fi nerd. So I just kind of hid that from everybody for a while. I think that's um, a product of, of like, that's a decade difference right there. Mm-hmm. Um, because I definitely knew in middle school that it was not okay for me to talk about being a Trekkie at all. Oh like, yeah. So to be clear, I never talk <laughs> about it, like with my friends or anything, like it is my personal thing. Like I don't, I have that fear of like, I don't want people to judge me, even though like, it's a perfectly valid thing to like, but it's still in society. It's like, oh, you like nerd things. Like you like Stargate. I think it's lame. way more accepted now though. Like now, definitely yeah. for sure. Well, now but, like, it's cool. Now people, yeah. it's cool to be nerdy. Well, when I was in high school and like middle school, like it was that like trashy MTV, like like viva la bam and just like i'm like what is that so like that and like jersey shore like all of those trashy reality shows were like the thing and like i I did not feel like i had a space to talk about like any of the shows that i liked so um i i might have been like five or six or seven years old like i want to know what happened to scully's baby but that was like (laughs) treating with my dad and sister like in good company like i was not out with friends or anything so well, that's but I, I have that vivid memory. That's awesome. I find it hysterical. So I did this video response. So one of the girls I went to high school with, um, she is a radio DJ in St. Louis and we just were friends in high school and mutual circles, but never super close. But she's someone who I think I would have always looked at and been like, okay, you're definitely not into nerd things. So I could probably never talk to you about that. You're way too pretty. You're way too this. And what's so funny is we found each other on TikTok and her, I think she's Lux STL. Oh gosh, actually, I'm sorry if I, you hear this and I forget that, that was your name, but it's so funny now to circle back for people to be like, wait, you were a nerd? Wait, no, I was a nerd. Like you we were, were all closet nerds. <laughs> we were all closeted nerds. What happened? And it's been so much fun to like unlayer all that, but it's also so sad because I'm like, had we just been comfortable way younger in life? maybe things would have been so much easier. I don't know. Beauty. I think of getting older, like Mm -hmm. being a 30 year old lady, like you just don't care what people think. Like, yeah, I like my nerd shit. Like I'm going to wear my SpongeBob t-shirt and my Stargate necklace. And I really don't care. Like I'm just vibing. So yeah. No, I think it's hysterical, but also like I try to instill that in my daughter's eight turning eight this summer. And I'm like, dude, like, I just don't want you to lose your like quirkiness, your weirdness. Like, what can we do to like nurture this? Cause trust me, if you lose it, it's so hard to find it again. Like it's so hard. to back. Do you remember Um, that TikTok of the one I'm pretty sure I tagged you in it, but somebody tagged me in it. And it was like, 
this little kid had this little girl had to make a jersey for sports day and they were like we don't watch sports in this house we watch stargate and she was making her like her sg1 team jersey and i was like oh it warms my little nerd heart to see kids like that comfortable with themselves and like it couldn't couldn't have been me at all (laughs) well and so i hadn't really shown it to her just because there are things that I'm like, "Mm, she's a little young, but we'll see where this goes. But the past few months I've had it on just to see if she'll like get interested in it. Mm -hmm. And she's, Oh, she's like, mom, I really, really like those, um, people with the glowing eyes. I want to those. And I was like, okay, no, we're on the wrong side of the team here. (laughs) We're rooting for. And she's like, no, those seem like the really good guys. Like, I really like what they're doing with themselves. They seem to be in charge. (laughs) It's just like, okay, you know what? You're going to watch the show because you need to learn that that is not how this goes. So we're starting, I'm starting her on it. Um, Actually last week I started her on season one. So we're going through it. It's going to be a whole separate, I've got a ton of drafts that eventually I will post out on my TikTok of her experiences to it. That's awesome. Oh my God. So yeah. So though, oh, that's so, I, I love our stories on it, but did you all see the movie first? Did everyone see the movie first? I can't remember. Like I vaguely, again, like I was born in 91. So like, it's all kind of mashed together. Like my experience and like, oh, I'm pretty enough. sure we, we watched it whenever it was on TV or whatever. But, um, for me, like the movie is, if someone's watching it to like, like has, oh my God, I can't talk. <laughs> if they have no idea of like what Stargate is and they're like first getting into it, watch the movie for sure. But then for me personally, it's like, it's not a necessity. Like if I'm doing a rewatch, I'm going to jump right into SG one. Um, for me personally, like I, and I don't know if anyone else is like this or if, like, I'm just weird, but like, I can't get over the different actors. It bothers mm-hmm. me too much. Like I'm like, Kurt Russell, mm-hmm. you are not Jack O'Neill, James Spader. You might have the right hair, but you're not Daniel. And I get so distracted by that. It's like, imagine if anyone other than Tom Hanks voiced Woody on toy story, I'd be like, no, that's <laughs> not the right act. That's not, the, that's not right. Like I get so distracted by that thought. And it's like, okay, the movie was there and it happened. And if you're starting it from the get-go, it has that groundwork to get you into the story (laughs) and like how it all like the exposition. But afterwards, like if you don't want to watch it, like, you know what happened, just just jump right into SG-1. So, you know what I just in this moment thought about and never have thought about before. So we all talk, like I love at least that they, there's, two O'Neill's there's the one L and then there's the two L so you Mm -hmm. know there's a different Jack but it's the same Jack Mm -hmm. but Daniel Jackson they didn't do that too like there's no like they don't joke about his character being different like they don't joke about it at all I think because he was so similar and this is another vivid memory that I have from a childhood my dad thought they were the same people like from the movie to the show they look so similar at first that it's like and I joked about this when I first started doing my rewatch and people kind of were like, 
coming for me. And I'm like, just to clarify, like, I love Richard Dean Anderson as Jack O'Neill, but like, they're so different. It's like, they tried super hard to find like an exact duplicate match to like match the look of Daniel as much as possible. And then they're like, okay, we're going with MacGyver. Like, let's do it. So yeah. So people were like, um, he's way better O'Neill. I'm like, no, I'm totally on board with you. But I just think like the difference in the actors is like, completely opposite end of the spectrum you have like kurt russell who's like super serious and bringing his a game but obviously (laughs) could not like transfer over to a television series so bring in macgyver and again he is he is the o'neill like there's no other jack o'neill so that's why like just like you know the movie it is what it is but it's not like for me a staple to watch anytime i do the rewatch i think that's fair um yeah, I definitely saw the movie first, obviously, when I was 12. <laughs> like, I remember sitting in that movie theater, actually. But um, that I was trying to, because I'm going to try to, like, throw you guys some, like, production facts, you know, as we do specific episodes about episodes and stuff. Ooh. So uh, I, I was looking up stuff on the movie, and it just kind of made me sad because so many of them were talking about certain people that were like, this is garbage. I don't want to be here. I'm just getting paid. And I think, I think that really translates to, to like how the movie feels versus how the show feels. Like, I feel like everybody was way more enthusiastic about being on the show than that movie. Like James Spader, like is on record as saying like that it was the script and that it's garbage. And, but he just needed to get paid. That hurts my feelings. No, like they were yeah. just phoning it in. Oh, yeah. yeah he, so, didn't he say something like, I do, what did he say? Like in that same article, just that, like, yeah, he's an actor and he likes the creative outlet, but at the end of the day, like it's a paycheck. Right. And it offered him a paycheck. And- that's exactly, no. that's exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did give um, the composer his big break, apparently. I found that out. Um, and I, Really? I have not written down the composer's name and I feel bad, but he's done a lot of Roland Emmerich movies. Um, what's his name? Uh, but he apparently was working in like a music shop or something and like people were really nervous about giving him the gig and, but he did it. And now we, we have, you know, the Stargate theme because of it. It's, so it's honestly one of the most recognizable themes. Like I died when I, all I did was just put it out there. And people just within seconds were like, yep, I know what that is. Like, mm-hmm. you got me. David Arnold. That's his David name. Arnold. I'm sorry. I should have had that ready to go in a note somewhere. <laughs> Do it. Oh, no. Bless you, David Arnold, for what you've given to us for this. So was- let me ask you then, Rebecca, like when you came, like you saw the movie first and then you came to the show, were you like at all distracted or like? did you have to adjust to like it being different characters or are you just like okay this is like we're just going with it like was there any type of adjustment period to like get used to these new actors playing the same characters I think no but I think that's because I had not actually watched the movie in a really long time when I started watching the show um and definitely found new O'Neill, new O'Neill's uh, <laughs> character, his portrayal of the character, I found it a lot more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just kind of rolled with it and it like, it really didn't, did, didn't mess with me that way. But I think that's because there was a big distance between it. And I've yeah. since gone back and just randomly watched the movie. Um, not mm-hmm. as part of a rewatch, but just 
have watched it because it was on or something Mm -hmm. um and i'm like this is still good but it's not nearly as good it's not nearly as uh stargate feeling as like sg1 is so and see that was my hardest transition so jumping myself in here it wasn't the actor change it was the tonal change it was just like the whole ambiance because the movie I mean, it was cinematic. It was entertaining, but it was way more dramatic. And you shift it to like more of a comedic approach. And that felt really jarring to me. Also, I was probably drunk during my half (laughs) first interpretations of it, but I'm just kidding. But that's the hardest shift for me is that really intense dynamic to playfulness. And it was the right pivot to do, but it, that was the hardest Thing to swallow and kind of get through and I think like the the switch from again as like a big cinematic like movie budget to a tv budget especially in the 90s when we are just coming into this golden age of tv where yeah it started on showtime but they hadn't really perfected it so it's not like mm-hmm. game of thrones quality like we're just getting into like the sopranos and like what people refer to as like the golden age of television so like hbo and showtime they were just coming into their mm-hmm. realization and their true like um true I don't know how to put it but like they were starting to realize like people will pay extra for premium television and then we don't have to follow these stupid rules by these networks of like no swearing and no nudity and like we can make really interesting content that would not pass on like regular cable tv yeah, well, I think, and you made a note, Sarah, so I'm actually, this is Sarah's note in here, but like the making the, I can't talk, so just cut that part out, but Sarah, making the connection in your notes to the anti-Battlestar Galactica, mm. like whoever people, whenever that was, I just see it in your notes here, but I find that an interesting connection because it is truly like anti, and I don't know when Battlestar Galactica, like the newer one started does anyone know we can like I'll... my dad watched that too and i was not like the new battlestar it. galactica yeah it was like 2003 okay so okay. it was simultaneous because i like battlestar galactica I think it was 2003 somewhere around there but it, okay it was parallel to some degree so that makes sense that it feels like it's that anti-battlestar galactica which is what i always get heated about in my comments on all my videos when we talk about sgu because i feel like stargate abandoned itself by making SGU into this like other type of production style. I don't know technical terms, Rebecca, that's you, but <laughs> it just felt different. And it was because, I don't know, I felt like- I have a, So, okay, I was thinking a lot about this and I have a theory and I'm gonna kind of go off on a tangent here for a second. Do and it. this goes for like anyone. So we all kind of like, we grew up through the nineties, right? So we remember that energy, the nineties energy. And I was watching a video by Lindsay Ellis on YouTube where she was comparing the movie Independence Day 1996 Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. War of the Worlds in 2006 with Tom Cruise, um, Hmm. the newer one. And she was talking about how, excuse me, they're both invasion narratives, right? They're basically the same aliens come invade Earth and humans have to band together to stop them. But they have completely different tones, you have hmm. Independence Day, which is just this big, goofy, kind of bombastic summer film. It's kind of cheesy. It's got these feel-good, happy endings. Every, you know, 
when you watch it again, like I kind of laugh at certain parts that probably aren't supposed to be funny because it's so cheesy and feel good. And that's the nineties. And then you have war of the worlds, 2006, and it's way darker. It's Mm -hmm. way grittier. You don't really focus on like the buildings exploding and the big fire bombs. You focus on the human destruction. And Lindsay goes on to talk about how there was this major tonal shift. I'm about to blow your minds. Get ready. I'm right. There was this, there was this major tonal shift that happened to the media that we consume because of 9-11, the mm-hmm. September 11th attacks. Mm-hmm. So when you think about it, like I, I was 10 years old when that happened. And like, when you live through it, you don't realize that it's happening. But then when you look back, it's like everything pre 9-11 superhero movies, think of 90s Batman, mm-hmm. corny, mm-hmm. silly, like mm-hmm. not very serious. Now think of uh, the uh, newer Batman, like Heath Ledger Joker, way darker, way more serious. So if people come to the show new and have never seen Stargate before, you kind of have to come with like these 90, 90s colored lenses where it's mm-hmm. like, put yourself in that time. Like this is pre 9-11. Everything in the country is like, relatively good like I don't want to say nothing bad was happening but for the most part there wasn't that threat of like global terrorism and after 9-11 that safety net was kind of ripped from out underneath us and it focused more on like darker edgier stories and then I think with Stargate Universe that's kind of where they were trying to take it they wanted it to be darker they wanted it to be grittier they wanted to get rid of that cheesiness that we so love about SG-1 and Atlantis. So that was something I was thinking a lot about. And now, like, ever since I watched that video, which I highly recommend, her you name is Lindsay Ellis. That was, that's like, my mind is just in a warp right now. That's awesome. Yeah. So like, ever since, like, I, I've been thinking of like, wow, like, and who knows what kind of tonal shift we'll see through COVID and, and how that's going to affect the media that we consume. Mm-hmm. And we'll look back in 10 years and be like, oh my God, this was, this TV show was before coronavirus. It's so different. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. Like it, it's really, we really don't know the impact that this major cultural event is going to have on us in the future. Well, it's like, do you watch things and be like, wow, they're really close together. They need to spread out. That's way too many. Like, oh, they're shaking hands. This was definitely before uh, coronavirus. But that was something I I thought a lot about is like, yeah, if you, so if you grew up in the nineties, you kind of feel more nostalgic when you watch it because it's like, I remember this, this is fun. But people who were younger and either don't remember 9-11 or weren't even born to see that cultural shift, they might watch it and just not be able to suspend their disbelief enough to be like, this is silly, this is corny, like this is so unrealistic. I can't get over this, the tone of this show. Yeah, Mm. that idea of tonal shift Mm -hmm. has been going on in cinema since the beginning of cinema. Mm -hmm. So like, if you like look at the 1930s, which was after the the Great Depression, during and after the Great Depression, it was all musicals and happy times. Um, Mm -hmm. because they wanted to keep people's spirits up and then after world war ii and people kind of got over they they got a little disenchanted by things that was when a lot of the film noir like the really gritty black and white Mm -hmm. film noir stuff was happening um and so yes of course 9-11 would be one that would make a shift and now that it's all you know hugely television these days that shift would happen in television um and i think a hundred percent after covid there is going to be a, a, a drastic shift 
um, somewhat because of, uh, of uh, uh, new regulations that are in place to film. Um, like we had to be COVID compliant on our set to film. Um, so we had to do tests and we, we kept people in masks and everything. And it was just kind of a different, different feeling, but mm -hmm. also because of the fact that everybody's gone through a year of, of, um, you know, depression and awful things, like it's going to change what people want to be seeing. And, uh, hmm. yeah, we'll definitely see that in a little bit. And I think the other big shift that happened, maybe not tonally, um, <clears throat> around that same time is, I guess it's a tonal thing because it's more of a let's talk about the characters thing, but meta plots became the like formula for TV shows. So hmm. instead of the like story of the week formula, which is what, you know, Stargate is like everything back in the day, um, it became more of a we have to have this overarching story that that continues through and Battlestar Galactica was one of the 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 early ones in sci-fi, at least that I know of that that were like you if you didn't start from the beginning you have no idea what's going on so well yeah. and that, that was my stark like love I actually loved Battlestar Galactica before I liked Stargate because I actually did watch that a little bit through um but I didn't keep up with it every week and I did get lost and it did overwhelm me mm -hmm. that's really interesting to think about it in that way because yeah Stargate you can pick up an episode you can skip three or four come back to another one you still get the idea of what's happening but mm. There are so certain episodes, though, that kind of surprise you, where, like, you think it's, okay, this is the story of the week, like, when they first meet the Tolan. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. you know, we'll never see these people ever again, and then they bring them back, and I always love that, like, it, it, they did try to tie stuff in, and then there are some episodes where it's like, you never see them ever again, and, like, the storyline is just dead, but with there the was Tolan, like if you don't see that first one and then all of a sudden the next one with they're in the cat comes walking through through the I'm iris Schrodinger. And you, you wouldn't and have had any idea what was yeah. going on or like oh. the the episode arc of the episode 2000 and 2010 that was so good like so so there was and the, like the overarching theme of like whatever enemy they're battling whether it's the gold the replicator um they still have that overarching like sure. enemy but it's not as like you know, again, there are some like throwaway episodes. I wouldn't, I don't want to say the throwaway because some of the best ones I think are the, the story of the week where it's like Ergo and 1969 and Window of Opportunity where it's like mm -hmm. they're standalone episodes, but they're so good. It's like you, you, they don't need to be that integral part to the series to, of course, to be yeah. good. So I like that there was, I feel like it, it Stargate kind of came about when they were shifting into that like meta arc that you called it, where it's like before it was like very formulaic, like sitcoms and, you know, a, there was no cohesion going on at all. It was just a different story every week and that was it. And that I, I like that there was like attempts made and then sometimes <laughs> it was just like, Oh, we'll never see the fish guy ever again. <laughs> like that his story's done. Right. Oh, oh my God. I think someone made a comment a couple days ago about that episode. It was sad. He, he like, found out what happened to Amaroka, right? So right. Like, what fate Amaroka? That's the saddest thing. Like I was <laughs> I why would I ever cry for a fish man? But I just did it was so sad. But like I think it's interesting, and I think this will be fun to talk this through, but I really feel like those first three to five seasons 
it planted so many seeds and I would have loved to have been one of the writers like later on, like I'm going to pick this one and I'm just going to pull that story and I'm going to bring it back to life and give yeah. it a fuller arc because that the show developed over 10 years. So I there think- were so many things to choose from. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was, they all love those callbacks too. Like that, that creative team just seems to really love the callbacks. So yeah. <laughs> just like piled on making fun of itself a thousand times over. Like I just, <sighs> just like that the episode prisoners with like Linnea destroyer of the world <laughs> they bring her back like for one episode and you kind of find out what happened to her even though it's like not really her and like fountain of youth thing or whatever but like you think okay on the surface it's just going to be like a throwaway episode with kind of an open-ended ending and deal with it like we'll figure it out like come to your own conclusions and it's like two seasons later surprise like she's back like you get some kind of closure and I kind of like that surprise factor of like if if I was watching it as it aired I would have been like what like mind blown like this is awesome but you know I think it's also important that they did it that way because you think about it so the concept of the show is Stargate they're portaling and they're picking a different world they're literally picking a different gate address every single time Mm -hmm. so they truly are meant to experience 100% randomness at every place that they're going. And I don't know that I would have enjoyed it as much if they tried to pull in a deeper, like overarching storyline. I I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much because I don't think we would have gotten the variety of creatures we interacted with or different life forms. I just don't think the writers would have gone there and been as open-ended with it. I think the show gets a lot of criticism for like and it's easy to make fun of it like oh everywhere you go there's humans and they all speak English like that's convenient (laughs) but it's like okay again like this was before Game of Thrones size TV budget they can't create a new language every episode so people like I see that that's a criticism of the show now where it's like oh well that's lazy and it's like yes but that's not the point like just right. enjoy the ride like come on you know it's, it's a new adventure every week yeah well and then you guys I was so bummed but also shocked how did you guys do you guys know about the Asgard just being English backwards no I had like, no idea so that blew my mind so sorry if you're just finding out for the first time but yeah the Asgard that that also people are like yeah but it's just another version of being lazy and just not having the creativeness to create a new language because that went on a whole tangent thread in my comments too there and I started researching into it and people really have some feelings around the lack of just creating a new language because you have I don't know Lord of the Rings my other passion that they have whole elven language but that's from Tolkien but that's Tolkien yeah he he was the one that spent the time doing that so you you tell that to people who are just like a quick in and out just want to be a troll and make a bad comment they don't pay attention to like who actually created it but I don't know Star Trek got to cheat because they just were like universal translators like oh yeah (laughs) yeah so I understand everyone it's okay Chevron Chevron 7 locked we have a we stable, stable wormhole. wormhole. So let's just kind of like go over Stargate as a franchise. Um, so we talked about the movie that came out in 1994. Mm-hmm. It starred Kurt Russell as Jack O'Neill and James Spader as Daniel Jackson. And oh. the main plot is just that the Stargate is this ancient device that creates a wormhole where you can travel to another planet. And in the movie, um, 
they just go to one planet that is Abydos and essentially adventure ensues. Um, so so we kind of already talked about our thoughts on the movie. Um, what did you want to add, Christina? I was just saying raw and being obnoxious in the background. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think the only thing I enjoy about that is it just laid out maybe a little bit of character, like little bit of character, like entry. But I, I, I don't know. It, it just makes you understand the potential there. I like mm-hmm. that they gave Daniel Jackson's character, they really led with him being almost primary in the beginning, talking about how outcast he was in society and how he was mocked for his opinion. And I think that relates to a lot of people like ourselves too, who felt like they had to be closeted or not be new embraced who they are. And that I connected with because it made me feel like, you know what, it's okay if my opinions are weird because someday someone's going to pull up in a limo and say, get in and yeah. go to another planet. So I'm just yeah. going to go with my weird theories. Um, I think it's important to introduce us to system Lords to raw, but beyond that, it just was a launch pad for the rest of it. So exactly. And in the movie, like they frame it from what I remember, at least that like, it just went to one planet. Um, mm-hmm. And then the show picks up as like, Oh wait, the Stargate goes to other places and that I think is like the perfect premise for a tv show because there's endless possibilities um the thing about Daniel being an outcast is like what that's what makes his character so like good in my opinion like he has this crackpot theory that the the pyramids were built by aliens and he is just like shunned by his community. And this lady just shows up one day and is like, let's go. Like we found this ancient device. Uh, we need your help. And uh, by the end of the movie, he ends up staying behind. He gets married. He falls in love. Hello. He, of course, yeah. gets the girl. He falls in love, stays with her. Yep. And then they make a commitment to one year later, come back and, you know, unbury the gate and check in with each other. And that's when he, you know, he lets them know about the cartouche and that there's all these other places. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still, I like the whole Kleenex scene to like connect yeah. the allergies. I don't know why, but that just, it's funny. It was a nice way to bring humor into laying out the groundwork for SG-1 and the tone that it was going to take. Mm-hmm. But no, I don't think we need to speak on it anymore because then we go and we meet we kind of, yeah we already it's covered crazy yeah. so other. then um stargate sg1 it ran from 1997 to 2009 had a total of 214 episodes and two tv movies which is continuum and the arc of truth mm-hmm. season so i didn't realize this many seasons were produced by showtime but seasons one through five were showtime and in my opinion those were like the best seasons like those some of my favorite episodes are within those seasons Hmm. so that was produced by showtime and if people don't really know that's like a premium channel kind of like hbo is now where they produce like premium content that you would pay extra for to have that channel as part of your cable package and then season six through ten were picked up by the sci-fi channel um a lot of the critical reception was positive uh they a lot of people said like by what by you know a couple seasons in it had like surpassed Mm -hmm. the original movie like it was it was considered better than the original movie and um someone called it it... i feel i'm curious why they feel like that is 
I don't I, feel like, maybe just what you're talking about like the tonal like I was reading your notes and looking at it like because it did tone shift from the movie mm-hmm. and it wasn't that 90s vibe when things were like happy and good and mm-hmm. it seemed a little bit more cheerful I'm just curious I think just because it expanded on it so much more like the movie the movie was a good launching pad but it didn't give you like enough like it was just mm-hmm. like you felt like you were within arm's reach of it being truly like something great and then by the time like it was getting really good then it was over and then the movie comes and they revisit they bring back characters even though they're played by different actors and they expand upon this universe where it's like the stargate doesn't just go to one planet it goes to hundreds of planets countless planets and again i think it's just the perfect premise for a tv show um, Mm -hmm. where every week they can go to a different planet and meet different aliens and different forms of governments and see how different cultures um and see how like basically it's the result of aliens colonizing the universe with humans so i think that can be they're just talking about colonizing yeah i mean i think it's like um an allegory to a lot of what happened in America and on earth. Uh, and that's something we'll definitely get into is kind of like the cultural comparisons. Um, but some sci-fi wire described it as sci-fi comfort food in the best possible way. And I think that's a really mm-hmm. good, um, yeah. a good description of the show. And another reason why I think it gained so much traction was because a lot of science fiction of that time like you think of your Star Trek, your Star Wars, it's like distant, like far, far future. Like it's so far in the future, you can't even conceptualize it. And Stargate took place in present day. So like, you could be like, I bet there's some shit going on in Cheyenne Mountain right now. Like this could be happening right now. Let's go camp out. Let's go check it out. Exactly. So like there was that, even though it was like, obviously wildly unrealistic, there was that plausibility of like this it's taking place today so like the technology that we had in the show was on par with like what we had at that time and um I lost my train of thought but like it took place in present day oh and the air force was actively involved in the creation of the show so it had that realistic like military feel to it where it's like they weren't just like going like crazy with like this military stuff and making it wildly unrealistic about the military <laughs> aspect because you had people from the actual air force on there advising them of, oh, of so how to know. make this yeah of how to make this i forget there was like uh either it was like an admiral or a general again i should have um it was the look this up the big big general the, the one that came on the show yeah he there was he was a guest star yeah. on the show wait how um, do i know this let me see I'm, I'm, this is a very professional podcast. I'm Wikipedia right now. Okay. Collaboration with the military, the U S department of the air force through the air force office of public, blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> so generals, Michael E. Ryan and John P. Jumper, U S air force chiefs of staff appeared as themselves in the episode mm-hmm. prodigy in 2001 and the lost oh, city in 2004. Did not know that. Um, so yeah, they, they were heavily involved in the creation of the show. And I think that lends to its credibility. It's not just like mm-hmm. some made up military that's like completely unrealistic. Um, there's some realism to it. But I wonder, have they actually seen a Stargate in real life? Cause like, 
maybe they have that's what i'm saying they got some they got them government secrets i'm gonna say they probably were like that chevron needs to go there and that i'm telling you they probably know more than they like this the color is way off guys like you need (laughs) to repaint the whole thing messing with this so hard because they like in the show made the other show wormhole extreme and now 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 it's just like (laughs) no because we said it in the show then they'll definitely never guess that it's actually going on correct let's just okay so fun fact, they also read every script for mistakes and provided help with plausible background stories for See, all I'm characters, you, they, they, ribbons, uniforms, regulations, hair advice, plot lines, and military relationships and decorum mm-hmm. on active military base. Mm-hmm. So that's why, like, I remember because again, like Samantha Carter, queen of my heart, I loved her hair in like season four where it was getting mm-hmm. really long. And I remember like, partway through season four she cut it super short Mm -hmm. because it wasn't regulation like they I don't know if they made her cut it that short uh but I remember like that so I was like oh I like that hair I miss that Mm -hmm. hair but yeah so they they were heavily involved in the show and I think that um added kind of a layer of interest too because for people who served in the military um I don't know we'd have to get someone's perspective of like someone who actually served my dad was in the army so he he wouldn't know anything about the air force but um you know maybe they could say like yeah that that you know that makes me interested in the show because of their involvement that's so interesting to me but I'm I'm gonna stick on my theory that I think they knew real life stuff and they had to make sure that it had a controlled (laughs) story plausible deniability right like come on now yeah the fbi is releasing all these sealed documents we know it's out there come on now no we so, know um yeah and i don't then, know and then atlantis was a spin-off uh it ran from 2004 to 2009 it had a total of 100 my episodes favorite, my favorite. and this is i feel like it's a lot of people's favorite um i have to say i'm kind of gonna expose myself here i was not into as Atl- atlantis as much as sg1 i remember my dad watching it a lot but i was just like there's no Samantha Carter in this yet. So like, this is for me. Rodney McKay. Oh my God. Okay. Like, oh, well, you know what? When we get to Atlantis talk, it's game over because so, I'm taking control and we're talking on it's my world then. I'm going to have to like do a hardcore rewatch and like take notes because it's been all long. Like, again, I don't know if I've ever even seen it in its entirety, but it's been so long. And I remember... See, I remember the Rodney McKay that was mean to Samantha Carter, and he was so mean to her. It's but that's like, like that's, that's the, because that's he actually, liked her. He, <laughs> that's, oh, that's all he knew to be mean to her. And then you see him like evolve and really go through like self growth, and you see him become endeared and be like, "Oh, I'm a I'm I'm a jerk," and he really addresses it. So yeah. you got to give him his storyline is one of my favorites. So a later time. Whenever, whenever I do like my little like made up like me, if I was a member of SJ1, people are always like, this is giving me like Rodney McKay's friendlier cousin vibes. 100%. And I'm like, okay, like I can kind of see that. Like he's snarky. Like, so you like his sister. His- oh, okay. I mean, and, and like, again, like I just remember like the version of him that was like a mean, rude jerk. Oh, um, we'll, we'll, we'll change your mind. We'll change so, your mind. To recap on Atlantis, all five seasons were broadcast by Sci-Fi Channel, so it was straight on Sci-Fi, yep. um, and 
it premiered 2004 to 2009 so like I was trying to find some like good critical reception on this and my first note is the critics were mean (laughs) what the fuck like I couldn't find like like truly anything and it's like I feel like out of the series like Atlantis or the franchise rather Atlantis is like one of the most beloved ones like people prefer that almost all the you know a lot to SG-1. I feel like it's a nostalgic love. I think in the moment, so it came out paralleled with SG-1. So if you're trying to pick one over the other, you have people who have literally five or six years of commitment to SG-1. So mm-hmm. you come in, you bring in Atlantis and all new characters, all new storyline. And it's really difficult to want to focus on developing and learning those people when you're also trying to keep up with SG-1. So it was kind of a one or the other feel, mm-hmm. maybe, but we can have that discussion. But I personally enjoyed the interlayering of the two like teams and like, well, not the two teams, but multiple teams and just how they would go back and forth, but it did do its own thing. And I do like some of the storylines with like Taylor and with, Ronan and where that went it was way more playful I feel like the characters really goofed off a lot more but it did get into some deeper like more bad guys like it was a bigger villain and it launched into a whole other world that it was interesting I'm sad though it ended with maybe we're not ready to talk but like it ends with them getting to earth and then like nothing and you don't really see anything yeah i heard it ended on like a cliffhanger and i was like well that kind of makes me like less inclined to like get back into it again like i don't want to be left unfulfilled and but it was like a solution to an issue that was happening and it was like a success like you know when you watch a movie and you're like is it gonna happen are they gonna get there are they gonna get there are they gonna win Mm -hmm. and you're like yes they did it it felt like that it felt like they made it they got their success so it was like a breath of fresh air but then after like that kind of excitement wears off and a year goes by, you're like, okay, but like we could have done more with this. Yeah. That's how and I feel. then Stargate Universe, which <laughs> I will fully admit to saying I did not get into at all. That was 2009 to 2011. So Rebecca, I was did you watch like, that at all? Uh, I watched the first few episodes mm-hmm. um, because it was airing. Like they might've even backed it up to Sanctuary. Um Maybe I think they might have like bumped those together, which would make sense for Sci-Fi Channel. Um, so yeah, I watched a few, but I couldn't. I couldn't really get into it either. I am totally willing to watch the entire thing for this podcast and give my thoughts and opinions um, because I'll have gotta, a purpose for it. Right, we gotta do our homework. Rebecca. We gotta do that, the homework. We gotta. That could uh, be fun for us to do on the side. Just do a little rewatch together of yeah. it because there are some good tips and I've dug through on some of the TikTok videos I've done where I've opened my mind to people convincing me essentially what is it that you like so I am willing to take off the filter of (laughs) the SG-1 and Atlantis love and I'm willing to look at it for what it is and try to like understand the story and not understand it but try to connect to it because I do think there were some characters that they went deeper with and told a deeper backstory and there's a lot more heartbreak and a lot more hope and a lot more drama to it so there's credit to that but uh, I don't know I think that really ties back into the whole like 9-11 
like mm-hmm. changing so like you can see the stark difference between the two series even though sg1 kind of aired through that whole time it still kept its lightheartedness and it didn't like mm-hmm. completely drastically change like oh we're we're like super dark and serious now but then like there's a notable difference in tone with sgu and at that point in my life, like I was fully like, and I was doing an X-Files rewatch and that was my thing. <laughs> so like, I wasn't in a Stargate phase at that point, but now like Rebecca said, like, I feel like I'm fully prepared to watch it. Just like do the homework for the podcast so that we can, you know, talk about it and uh, offer some commentary on it. Yeah, I'm here for it. For sure. I like it. I'm excited. So what, so next episode, what we're going to dive into episode one, we're going to talk about what are we going for next one? We could I mean, start with the pilot and character introductions. Yeah. yeah. I, think, uh, I think we could talk about the pilot. We could potentially talk about the pilot and then the next episode because they kind of yeah. go together. Yeah. Um, so we could get three, you know, three hours, I guess, of, uh, yep. Stupid. of the show. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then like for future, just so like people kind of know what they're getting into when they listen and they're like, what's it going to be this week? Like, we'll talk about... <laughs> episodes you know we'll we'll talk about the episodes we'll kind of like go through some analysis of certain ones um i'm fully down to do like talk about characters character analysis um and i even had like the thought of like we could play a game like one episode of like name that quote who said this (laughs) was it general hammond so like i think that would be a fun thing to do and maybe kind of do like a q a on tiktok like say hey um, what are some things that you would like us to talk about in the podcast? Uh, because sure. I feel like without TikTok, this wouldn't even be a thing. So no, we gotta... and I'm gonna, I think we should start and I'm going to do more lives, but I'm going to do it on like a schedule of like hop on and let's talk podcast ideas. Let's talk like what's, what's the thing. Maybe yeah. that will get some cool. stuff going around. Um, I don't know if either of you created one yet, but while we were talking just then I created an email uh, that's a good idea yeah so also another way that you all could get in touch with us if you want to send us some anecdotes or comments or anything about the episode you can email three fries short podcast at gmail.com yeah uh, is it uh, the number three or the word three? it is the word three so the just word- like our title is the word three, three is our title the word three and now i don't even know anymore um uh, but yes, it is the word three, three fries short podcast at gmail.com. Woo! Um, Yay. So even can... if like people want to talk about like, what's your story with Stargate? How did you come to watch it? Like, did it help you get through some hard times in your life? You share like, with us. We want to yeah. know. We want to know all, and, all and your Stargate stories. If, and you know, if you send it into us and you're cool with us reading it, we, we can read your story too, as long as it's not mm-hmm. like 10 pages long. <laughs> <laughs> That would be nice and succinct. Yeah. Yes. Don't let me write it because it will be here for for ages. So (laughs) somebody have someone edit it for you. Keep it nice and snappy. Uh, (laughs) And yeah. Yeah. We're excited about it. And we appreciate like, if you guys have anything, please share it with that email, get in touch with us. This is honestly, we're here to have fun, have dialogue. This isn't some place to be super serious and and have boundaries on it yeah. anything goes let's just keep it within you know appropriate conversation topics but 
this is this is fun. We're here to have fun with it. If we say any fact that you know to be wrong, please let us know and we will oh. correct ourselves. <laughs> nicely be nice to please, us. Be oh, nice very sensitive soul. I, I um, speak I speak truths and truths only. If I say it, that is the fact. <laughs> um and just we're very like, I don't know about you guys. I've never done a podcast before. So like if we say anything like less than perfect, um please know like uh, I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings here like I'm just trying to like do my best and um so forgive us if we say something less than perfect or less than uh accurate for the show don't come for us like don't come for us just love on us well actually people with us no we don't do the well actually people I feel like all of our people that we're going to get onto this know and love us and understand our dynamic and we're super super thankful for that absolutely all right so yeah stay tuned we got a lot of stuff to talk about there's a lot there's 10 seasons of sg1 alone let we're alone be here for a long time this, we got a lot a lot of stuff to get into so stay <laughs> tuned guys well but. we don't have an an ending thing what's our ending thing what are what like we have something we can say what the, what do I, say? I mean oh, now now that i thought about it i have a good one sg1 you have a go but that's like the start that's not to end close uh, the iris let's uh yeah we can say let's close the iris um, close the iris right so yeah <laughs> do we do it all together is it just one all person right. do, we, do we rotate turns of who gets to who gets to close the iris who's gonna close the iris today i think uh i vote sarah Okay, all right, ready? Close the iris. <laughs> so dramatic, oh my gosh. Do that again, do it again. Wait, how, should I say dramatic or should I be like, like when, when O'Neill comes to the gate when he's running from the bugs? <laughs> because like, you know how I feel about bugs. Yeah, um, all right. that's way to go. This is Three Fries Short. We're signing off. Close the iris. <laughs>